What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome to the Big Lead, Big Stream, Holiday Podtacular, episode 300. My name is Stu Douglas. I am here with Liam McEwen from TheBigLead.com. And today we are here to talk about Spirited, the new Apple TV Plus movie starring Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. It is a Christmas movie. It is based on a little story called A Christmas Carol. I believe this is the first modern adaptation of that work uh liam let's uh let's dive right into it how did you enjoy spirited well i enjoyed it uh like you said the first modern adaption of a christmas carol so it was a really landmark moment for everybody uh it was i i had pretty high expectations going in because i am very much a ryan reynolds will ferrell kind of humor guy especially Will Ferrell. I grew up watching the best of Will Ferrell on SNL, you know, over and over again on DVD with the family. Ryan Reynolds, I watched Just Friends every single Christmas with my family. And longtime listeners will know of our shared passion for Welcome to Wrexham and the delights that we had of, in seeing Ryan Reynolds as a normal person instead of one of his characters. So I figured the floor was pretty high on this for me personally. You know, I like Christmas movies. I don't love Christmas movies. So I was, you know, I, get, I like getting in the mood just like anybody else. And I ended up enjoying it quite a bit. I liked it more than I thought. I was a little surprised to find that it hadn't been received terribly well critically. It's not a bad movie, but I think right now it's only at a 6.8 on IMDb. This felt more like a 7.5 experience to me personally. But yeah, especially given... Uh, I am not a musical person either, and for those who are preparing to watch this, you should probably stop listening because we're going to have some spoilers, but there is a lot of singing, a lot of musical, very grand musical numbers with some tremendous choreography. Uh, my whole thing is that I don't like musicals, mostly because when they advance plot points through singing, I tend to tune it out, which is obviously a me problem. It's not a musical problem. It's a me problem, but it simply is how I am and nobody can question why. And I ended up loving it. I thought it was, you know, had a, it was a good feel good movie. It, uh, even though you knew kind of the overall structure because it's a Christmas carol, they still managed to surprise you with a couple of things. Uh, I didn't really see the ending coming in the way that it did. I knew what the end conclusion was going to be, but, you know, they uh, managed to take us down a couple of twists and turns on the path there. Yeah, overall, it was really enjoyable. I think it would be a movie that I would like to have in my regular Christmas movie rotation going forward, which is about as high praise as you can give for a Christmas movie. Yeah, uh, it was a very ambitious project, um, I feel. Uh, they tried a lot of things. Um, obviously, 
everyone is familiar with Christmas Carol. Um, there have been who knows how many uh, adaptations. And in order to kind of surprise people, uh, you have to do a lot. And they they kind of pulled that off. Uh, it, it was a movie that was acutely aware and uh, not not quite winking at the audience, but basically winking at the audience saying, we know what this is. Even the part where it's a musical, uh, it's a musical that acknowledges that it is a musical. Um, and one of the uh, characters is like, I don't want to hear, I don't want you to sing. And then he, a few scenes later, gets upset that uh, his big musical number is cut off. So, I mean, they, they tried a lot of things. Uh, there were a lot of laughs. My, my uh, main problem with this was it was too long. Uh, it was over two hours. I think if they had condensed this down to like a 90-minute Christmas movie, um, it could have been a classic. I mean, I really enjoyed it, but it either should have been shorter or I don't understand why they wouldn't have uh, just added another... 40 minutes of material and turned it into a six episode series for Apple. It would not be unheard of. Apple just had a Schmigadoon, which was a six episode musical comedy with uh, Keegan-Michael Keegan Key and uh, Cecily Strong. So I don't know why they didn't just do that because I feel like they could have fleshed out a couple more things. Uh, I could have gone. I could have done with a lot more Tracy Morgan, who was uh, the voice of the Ghost of Yet to Come. Uh, Sunita Mani was the Ghost of Christmas Past, and I thought she was delightful. I would have watched an entire uh, half-hour episode of her and uh, Ryan Reynolds' character on on their date, as it were. Um, yeah, I. I think it either should have been longer or shorter. It should have been tighter. Uh, I think I watched it with my wife. I, I feel like she was uh, feeling the runtime. when, And then when you last night were like, oh, I'm going to dive into it uh, tonight. And it was like 1030. I'm like, uh, you might want to get going on that if you want to uh, get any sleep tonight. Yeah, I split it in half. I watched half last night and finished the rest before we logged on this morning. And I think that's a really good point. It's the full runtime is two hours and seven minutes effectively it's like an hour and 57 minutes maybe because the last 10 minutes is a musical number slash credit roll thing uh it did drag a little bit in the mm -hmm. middle just because it, it was less that the story itself dragged but it was more about you kind of realized how long you've been watching the movie and then you look and there's still like 55 minutes left and you're like are you are you kidding? And I think making it into a show might have been a better move, especially because I think that a shared quality a lot of really good Christmas movies have is that, you know, it's a tight 90, 95, 100 minutes. Like it, it doesn't tend to drag because, you know, when you are watching Christmas movies, you're not really locked in for three hours watching a Christmas movie. You're watching a Christmas movie because it gets, you know, it's fun. It gets the spirits up, you know, maybe have a drink in your hand, you're hanging out with your kids, whatever. It's, it's more about, you know, you don't want to have to pay close attention for a full two hours for a Christmas movie, in my opinion. 
I think that was probably the only really significant issue maybe with the film. I was very impressed by the choreography. Uh, that was what first came to mind when you said it was a very ambitious project because the musical numbers were very well done in pretty much every regard and visually very impressive, not just the choreography, but the set pieces they had. I laughed out loud several times when Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell did their weird little like shoulder swing walk when they were singing back in the 1800s or whatever it was. So there was that. I thought that was good. Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds need to be in more movies together. I thought their chemistry was tremendous, which obviously pretty expected. Two very funny men sharing the screen at the same time. I really enjoyed that. But it's like you said, I think if you're going to make a Christmas movie that long, there might need to be a little bit more some other storylines maybe that they focused in on instead of primarily it being about Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell for a full two hours, which I liked, but like broadly speaking, you know, that can get, that can get tiring. Yeah. I mean, there was a, there was a big cast and everybody was good. So I, I think it would have been well served by giving these supporting characters a little more uh, screen time. And I think it also would have helped with uh, what I ha- I think is the the toughest part of the movie which is uh, the storyline with, instead of uh, Tiny Tim, you've got the uh, student council, uh, the kid running for student class president, and he ends up getting cyberbullied and committing suicide, uh, which was was dark. That was very, very dark. dark. Um, There had to be, I mean, it was, I mean, I I guess realistic, uh, painfully realistic, uh, was the way that they chose to go about that. Yeah, it didn't really match the tone. Like, obviously, no, Ryan Reynolds' character needed to understand the consequences of his actions, and that is definitely, like you said, it's uh, uber-realistic insofar as how uh, this movie would play out in a modern setting, I guess. But it was a little too close to home and maybe unnecessary for what is it's a christmas movie i mean come on i don't really that, like that's a part that upon rewatch i would probably just skip that part like i don't really need to see his parents sobbing when i'm trying to get into the christmas spirit you know what i mean yeah that i mean that was entirely too dark um and that's where another 10 15 minutes uh fleshing out that story and figuring out a more uh nuanced and less devastating way to uh, spring that on people in what is a Christmas movie. Especially Uh, because that was almost directly followed by Tracy Morgan yelling, you just got Carol, bitch, and like spiking Ryan Reynolds to the ground. Like that happened less than five minutes after that whole little suicide storyline. Like it's almost like they knew that it was too dark, but they kept it in anyway. Yeah, I mean, that was a big misstep uh, in, in my mind for this film. And I mean, like in a, in a couple of years, you know, my kids are going to be bigger and we're going to be watching like all the, the stuff like Christmas Vacation and stuff like that. And there's n- nothing like that. That's just, I mean, that's a, a little kid getting cyberbullied, and I, that's just not something that changes it from being like an entirely family thing. Because like, I mean, we don't have to dwell on it anymore, but like everything else is so good. Uh, the singing, you know. Let's just change subjects really quickly, the same way that the movie did. Um, so we we've we've discussed how uh, rough and problematic that is, and triggering kind of. Um, so now back to the singing and dancing. Um, 
yeah, Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds were great. I didn't know either of them could dance, but I mean, they're obviously two incredible performers. Um, you talk about their chemistry. They're two of like the funniest uh, guys, but go about it in such different ways. Like Ryan Reynolds is just so sarcastic and, um, you know, kind of grounded in his performances, I guess. Uh, he seems like just your, your, a funny guy who you'd like to hang out with. And Will Ferrell's like the greatest man child actor ever to live. Uh, his energy is hilarious. And obviously he's good in dramatic stuff, which helped in this movie. So yeah, I just, Ryan Reynolds, Will Ferrell, Christmas movie. Perfect. You know, sign me up for that. Uh, but yeah, that, that one part kind of, uh, kind of soured and I, I mean, we're not the first to recognize that. Somebody wrote about how it was like the worst decision that a movie has made in 2022, which, um, you know, it's, it's hard to argue with that. Um, I think that might be a little slightly over the top, but insofar as when you're thinking about the tone of the movie, especially because I thought, you know, barring that segment, it did a pretty good job of towing the line between like PG and PG-13 like, there were some adult concepts in there, like Ryan Reynolds' entire job in this movie is, you know, stoking conflict online and to for yeah. his betterment, for the gain of others. You know, he's not a good guy, but, you know, they they simple that down so that any, any audience can understand it. There wasn't really much cursing. Uh, there were hints of cursing, just like any decent, you know, movie that wants to be for the adults and the kids. But it's it, it did a really good job of that, with the exception of that part, unfortunately. But overall, uh, you know, I think that for a modern Christmas movie, that's sort of the energy that it needs to have. If Well, not it needs to. You can still do a Christmas movie that is made for kids and is a very kid-centric movie, and it can still be a good Christmas movie. But for what they were trying to accomplish as, like, a modern Christmas Carol take made by, like, smart people with smart writing and smart acting, they did manage, by and large, to create a movie that was appealing to several different generations. Like, my grandparents would like that movie, probably. And I like the movie. My parents will definitely like the movie. So it they did do a good job for almost everything. They hit almost everything. Yeah, I mean, the Clint Briggs is uh, Ryan Reynolds' character. Uh, his job is like uh, PR, where he uh, comes up with just invents controversies. And I mean, it was that was just so dead on. Um, I mean, that is how, but I mean, that is how you Christmas tree farmers should uh, attack this, turn it into a culture war. I mean, that was a really good, good. Uh, number um octavia octavia spencer as the assistant she obviously is uh talented enough to have a much bigger role in this film that was that was part of the interesting uh decisions they made where you had to turn things on their head like how uh the girls of christmas past um can suddenly see and he's like working on a different project uh and the entire movie i mean it's set up I mean, do you remember a time when you could watch some, something new and not immediately think, well, could there be a sequel? Could there be a spinoff? And now after watching this, I'm like, well, I mean, I'm thinking of how there could be a sequel where uh, where Will Ferrell's character has forgotten, his has lost his way, and they have to go back and help him with Ryan Reynolds' new ghost. Um, or any other uh, faith could have their own spinoff 
with uh, the Christmas Carol characters. Well, they did even hint at that at the end of this movie. They had the, you know, we mentioned the ghost of Hanukkah past and yep. all that, and like the, you know, ghost of Kwanzaa future and all, all that stuff. And it, well, I mean, they did do a, <clears throat> they did do a good job in kind of opening it up if they wanted to, but it doesn't feel like that kind of movie to me. Maybe it's just because Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell so obviously have like a big hand in how this was made and they don't seem like the type of guys who would be pining for a sequel to that movie. It feels like a one-off, but it was definitely good enough by and large to for me to get excited about a sequel and they left the story way, way open just with the whole concept of the you know Christmas Carol story being almost like an industrial ghost complex, much like R.I.P.D., which is a sentence I did not think I was going to say until I just thought of it right now. And honestly, the comparison is pretty apt. Now, that movie was awful, but conceptually, there are some similarities there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you could do a prequel explaining how Jacob Marley went from uh, trying to save his uh, old partner Scrooge from the same uh, fate that he had, and then... 100 years later or 200 years later he's got uh this entire beautiful office in the afterlife um and uh, they, did a, they did a pretty good job um obscuring who uh will ferrell's character really was until the reveal and then you're like oh okay um but yeah i and that led to probably the highlight of the whole movie which was the uh good afternoon musical number that's just like the that's just the perfect bit where it's like oh well good afternoon was like f you back then that's part of the the stuff that they had to do to keep it to make it a, a fresh 2022 version of christmas carol because i mean how many more versions of this story can we really get yeah i mean and the, like you said earlier in the podcast the movie is aware of that. There are no fourth wall breaks, but there's lots of wink, wink, nod, nods to the fact that they know that this has been done a thousand times and it's not an original story by any means, but they, you know, I think from a creative aspect, I couldn't have imagined it getting much better. It was a legitimately like funny and smart modern take on a story that is, you know, 150 years old at this point, goes all the way back to Dickens and that good stuff. So it was good. I think, one of the other things is that I think they might have missed on a little bit is that it felt like everybody, and we sort of touched upon this earlier, but it did feel like everybody was a bit character outside of Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. Because there were actual bit characters, like the HR woman who works with all the ghosts, who shows up like five times throughout the movie to drop a one-liner and then leaves. But it doesn't feel like she had any smaller of a part than like Octavia Spencer, who is kind of like crucial to the whole plot because she's the reason that Will Ferrell decides to take his retirement and go back to Earth to live as a human being for however long. I do have some questions about how he was able to have kids after being dead for that long. There's some there's some minor discrepancies there, but well, otherwise. Well, I mean, the ha the having children part, I mean, I I've read a few books. I don't think that the uh process has changed that much since the uh Dickensian era. But my my question, my wife's question was, uh, I mean, does he explain that he's Ebenezer Scrooge or does he continue on with the uh, Roberto name? Um, eventually, she uh, would have some questions about where he came from. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's one of those moments that, you know, 
since it's a Christmas movie, you kind of just like cover your eyes and accept that that's what's going on. And that's totally fine. But that does raise some larger problems. And I do think he went with the Roberto name because his, when he was addressing his children by uh, whichever kid was running around by his full name, his name was Fisherman Samuel, which is the name that he made up on the spot. And it was also a little I don't understand how he was able, how Octavia Spencer was suddenly able to see him because Ryan Reynolds asked him directly how that happened. And he was like, I don't know. And then that just moved on. So there were a couple moments where it's like, all right, silly Christmas movie, gotta, you know, just kind of roll with the punches or whatever. But that one was a, a little odd to me. Yeah, they. I mean, they went down the rabbit hole quite a bit with that one. When uh, first he, he breaks the, the fourth wall within the movie and she can see him and interact with him. And then he tells her what he is. And then they go back and relive that moment through uh the memory and they did a lot of that stuff and i mean for the most part it was amusing and they did it in a way that was uh fun to watch i guess uh my main question is why is tracy morgan not in everything <laughs> that is a tremendous question we could have like we said we could use much more tracy morgan going to the taco truck uh you know just goofing off doing his weird little finger pointing thing at the ghost of that Christmas to come does he was he was really good and that was a fun surprise because I went in basically in the dark outside of the fact that Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds were in it so you hear his voice for your for the first time you're like oh man that's Tracy Morgan and then he ends up killing it when he does have those scenes so he should be in pretty much everything I thought the cast overall was really good they put together a really talented cast obviously we talked about how we didn't know that these guys were as good dancers slash singers since I think Will Ferrell's been in a couple singing stuff I think um Casa de Mi Padre is a singing movie but he's definitely willing to sing but he's not a singer yeah but he ended up killing it and then so did everybody I mean I've never seen Ryan Reynolds do a full-throated musical like that he he was great he was so good I would go that I think that was my over like my final thought after finishing the movie is that I would go see that like as a play like I would I would happily go see that because the songs were all really, really, really well done. Like, I was surprised at how well done it was because the movie is such like a kind of, uh, it's a self-aware, poke fun at itself constantly sort of movie. To have it be a really, really good musical, even if it is a self-aware musical, was impressive. I mean, how jealous are we of Rob McElhenney at this oh, point? So where he just like starts interacting with Ryan Reynolds on Twitter and then they own a, a football club and they're best buds. So lucky. Uh, well, we, did, could, we could petition Minute Media to go in on the Ottawa Senators buy that Ryan Reynolds now wants to do. And then we get to hang out with Ryan Reynolds just like Rob McElhinney. Hope you're listening, boss. Yeah. Um, did you did you recognize the dead sister? I did recognize her. I didn't. I wasn't able to pull a name, though. I did not recognize her at all. Um, I'm like, I, I, I knew it might have been somebody I should recognize. And it turned out to be uh, Andrea Anders, who is Ted Lasso's ex-wife. Yeah, that was good. And then I also recognized uh, Ryan Reynolds' mom, Jen Tully is her name, because she is the sister in Severance. Really? Big Apple, Big Apple TV gal. Yeah. That was actually one of the other things I wanted to briefly mention, is that 
the hairstyles for Ryan Reynolds' family were nuts. He was the only one with, like, normal hair. His sister's, like, big, poofy red hair was kind of crazy, even though it was obviously kind of like a throwback. And then his brother with, like, the long, like, flowing blonde locks. It was, those were, <laughs> it was weird just because Ryan Reynolds has apparently had a crew cut since he was, like, eight. Yeah, I, I had to look it up because I couldn't tell if the brother was, like, actually Bobcat Goldwaith and, like, super heavy cgi or something but uh his his sister the younger version was wearing the the wig because it was uh it was the same girl to play the niece i believe all right so i think uh i think we're kind of on the same page about spirited starring ryan reynolds and will ferrell uh rating these movies on the 12 days of christmas scale um I would say that this is a nine out of 12. Uh, it's definitely a Christmas movie. Yeah, I mean, it's based on a Christmas carol, so there's no way for it not to be. Um, I enjoyed so much of its self-awareness. Um, I didn't think they went over the top with the uh, winking. Um, even the part that I think that when you're watching the Will Ferrell Christmas movie, you're just waiting and waiting and waiting for someone to acknowledge Elf, and they they did it at the Christmas party, and you're and he got to say, "Oh, it's you look stupid," and it's just it's that base human instinct where you're like, "I recognize what's happening here. I get that reference. That's so enjoyable." Um, but the music was good. The performances were good. Great cast. Had that one one little hiccup about suicide, but uh, overall it was a, a good movie. We'll see if they can get a director's cut where uh, they either flesh it out to three hours or uh, cut it down to 90 minutes for a uh, TV run. We'll see. Yeah, I'd give it a 10 out of 12 days of Christmas. I think maybe it uh, took until this podcast for me to realize how much of a downer the suicide thing was, maybe. Uh, but like you said... You know, it was self-aware, but not too much. The musicals were real. The musical numbers were good enough that I could be convinced to throw that shit on Spotify when they dropped the soundtrack, like, without much, much convincing. Um, yeah, and overall, I think it's definitely, it's a good Christmas movie. It's a great Ryan Reynolds movie. And unfortunately, it is not made for all ages due to their one slight error in judging the severity, perhaps, of the content. But overall, 10 out of 12, really enjoyed it, would definitely view again. All right. So we are higher on this than most critics. Uh, it'll be interesting. We'll have to look up if we are higher on another movie that is related to this movie. Uh, we mentioned Elf, which is when you see Will Ferrell and Christmas, you think of Elf. I don't know how many people think of Ryan Reynolds in Christmas, um, but he has made a Christmas movie before. Uh, about 15 years ago, he made Just Friends with Amy Smart, who you don't see much anymore, uh, Anna Faris, um, and uh, who was it? Chris Klein is uh, another big name in this. Um I was surprised to hear you say that this is a movie that you watch uh, annually. I had not seen it since I think it came out on DVD, um, but I rewatched it and I thought it held up pretty well. Uh, it was pretty much what I remember. Um, I think the highlight, I mean, aside from just spending 90 minutes with Ryan Reynolds, is uh, Anna Ferris was just 
off the wall. Um, she is very funny, and I thought her acting like the uh, crazy pop star um, was still extremely amusing. Um, so, yeah. Uh, tell me about uh, your relationship with Just Friends. I am very passionate about Just Friends as a Christmas movie, which makes me weird. I have said this to many people, and you are not the first person to be surprised that I watch this regularly. It's a big hit with my family, which, you know, parents nearing their 60s to, you know, two little sisters and me, it's kind of tough to find common ground sometimes, but Ryan Reynolds allows us to find it. I think, uh, you know, hearkening back a bit to our conversation about Son-in-Law as far as movies that came out a while ago, uh, in terms of how they've held up, it held up pretty good. There was some, you know, fat phobia stuff in there that wasn't super great. But other than that, I think they really, it was kind of the kind of comedy that really, you know, is was funny then, is funny now. It gets me in the Christmas mood because the small town Midwestern Christmas vibe is deeply ingrained in my brain, I think, because of stuff like Home Alone, there is a certain magic to the quiet suburbia covered in snow, you know, these little houses where everybody grew up. It's really, it really just, it, it hits all the right notes for me. And I mean, obviously Ryan Reynolds is great, but I love Rusty. Chris Klein is the villain. He's hilarious. The scenes between uh, Ryan Reynolds and Christopher Marquette as the two brothers are just hysterical. And I think anybody with siblings can relate a lot to the kind of interactions that they have. Uh, Ryan Reynolds' mom is really funny. Anna Ferris is the crazy pop star is a really good um, addition to the movie. And then the love story is fairly simple, fairly, you know, relatable for a lot of people who had their high school crush. Uh, and it doesn't really try too hard to do too much. Uh, it has a couple of extremely memorable scenes. I mean, you know, not as much caroling as one would hope. And maybe, uh, you know, my whole thing is about the viewing of the... Or, like I said in the Love Actually podcast, there aren't many Christmas trees to really help make it a Christmas movie. But the overall vibes, I think, are just kind of like it's a nice movie. It's similar to Spirited and that Ryan Reynolds is a shitty big market kind of like superstar person who then kind of comes around and becomes a decent guy through the help of his friends and family. And it just it it, it sits right with me. It really does. Yeah, that's it's definitely uh round rounds wheel wheelhouse to play that kind of character. Um it's one of those movies that does a great job capturing that uh feeling of going home for the holidays. Um it's got that kind of awkward but also fun moment where you're like you see your old friends and I mean it's like nothing has changed, but everything has changed and just seeing the people from town and like like the the one uh, guy that kind of ruined his life at, at the time uh, that set him off the football player or whatever, and he goes back and he's there and he's he's excited to see him you know, um, it's just but uh, overall just a an amusing movie. Uh, I understand why it's uh kind of I think lost to history, um, but there are just a lot of people uh, who are still working in this in in the industry as we call it and yeah i i i really enjoyed uh revisiting just friends i do not recall the the scenario in which i actually watched it um i don't remember where i was uh, it would have been post just post college um so probably with like uh, a roommate or two um but yeah, I I had kind of forgotten this movie existed. I just remember the uh, Ryan Reynolds in a fat suit, 
um, yeah, a little, a little problematic. Um, just a yeah, touch. I mean, it's like you said, right? It's not it's not the best movie in the world. It's not a critically acclaimed movie. It's one of those movies that you watch once and you think is funny and then you kind of forget about it. And then you watch it again and you're like, dang, that was, that was pretty funny. And then sometimes you end up like me where you watch it again and then again, and you're like, all right, well now it's in the rotation. Whole family likes it. Lots of goofy laughs. It's that, that, that's what I think is what I like most about it is that it's just, it's, it's a, it's a dumb movie. It's stupid. And that is super enjoyable, especially for a holiday movie for me. That's why I like Son-in-Law as much as I did when I watched it with you and talked about it with you, is that it's just silly. It's not supposed to be too serious. It's just about getting kind of cheerful and joyful and laughing and all that stuff. And it does, like you said, I think that is maybe the strongest part of the movie is capturing accurately the feeling of returning home after spending some time away for the holidays you go into the bar and you see all the people that you grew up with and your tormentors and your old friends and then you see how people change and all that good stuff it's nothing revolutionary it's a pretty basic story but it is just well executed and it's a goofy film it's goofy i think that's why i like it it's just a goofy movie that you don't have to think too hard when you watch it the fat the fat stuff again mildly problematic maybe slightly more than mildly but either way it's still you know it's funny the hockey scene where he gets smacked in the face with a puck after he dominates a bunch of eight-year-olds is yeah. still funny it's still funny and then dusty being secretly a huge womanizer and coming out as a gigantic douchebag at the end of the movie is a really great villain like twist for everybody it was just good it was it's it's a good flick it's a good flick it's uh you know if you're listening to this and you go into it with high expectations you're probably going to be disappointed but if you go into it with i just want to watch a movie and turn my brain off for a couple hours this is exactly the type of for you yeah i think the the main thing is that amy smart and tracy morgan should have a movie together that would Maybe. be so good yeah i i would i would watch that uh yeah why isn't spirited go and visit uh jamie palomino <laughs> well that would make me sad because jamie palomino is the only consistently good character in that movie so if the people from spirit didn't have to pay her a visit then things have gone horribly wrong for her in the years since she got together with ryan Reynolds. okay well you know i, I didn't green light it i'm, I'm just, <laughs> just spitballing here all right so i think that should wrap up our uh our quick remembrance of the film just friends uh on the christmas movie scale i i would give this a uh a seven out of twelve. It's definitely enjoyable. It has a lot of uh, holiday holiday stuff in it, and it's it's a fun little watch. Uh, subjectively, this is an eleven out of twelve for me. I just love this movie. It gets docked a point because the fat stuff is just super cringe and retrospect and inappropriate, and doesn't make me feel good when I'm watching it. But otherwise, it is perfect for me and my sensibilities. Objectively speaking. Probably a 7.5. I think it deserves a little bit of a bump from what you gave it. But overall, you pretty much hit the nail on the head in that it's not, uh, you know, it's not a great movie. It barely reaches the level of good, but it's an enjoyable movie. And it's a decent enough Christmas movie. It is not the most Christmassy movie out there, but it definitely qualifies as a Christmas movie. And it just gets the job done, gets you. And that's what I think that is what the strongest factor for me is that it gets you in that holiday spirit, not because there is so much heavy Christmas stuff, but just because it's a good laugh and everybody needs to laugh during the holidays. It's a nice little slice of life from the uh, mid aughts. You're younger Ryan Reynolds and Aaron, Anna Ferris and Amy Smart and what's not what's not to like, really. Um, so 
For Liam McEwen, I'm Stephen Douglas for the Big Lead, Big Stream, Holiday Podtacular. And we will be back next week with more Christmas stuff. Um, Happy holidays. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.